Hey, I'm Noel. I'm the editor of Enduro.media and welcome to episode four of the Enduro Bureau podcast. Uh, with me are my partners in crime, Courtney Schmally. Hi, Courtney. Hello, everybody. Did you do any kickboxing today? No, no kickboxing today. I trained at the gym and then got some flat tires on my van. So oh. that was an event and got that fixed. And then we went to the track and I got stuck at the track on my way driving down there. So Jared had to pull me out with his truck. Two-wheel drive, uh, let me tell you. That's amazing. And so uh, Jared Stock, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. Uh, we just finished a, a couple-hour dirt bike ride before this next snowstorm comes. So I'm feeling happy that I got to spend some time on the bike while you know, most people are down south training. It's, it's good. Get what I can. Yeah. And I mean, it's already snowing here in Calgary, so... I don't know how much you Keep guys it. are going to get, but we don't want it. Yeah. It's awful. I hate it. So, another great guest this week. Uh, we have got a kind of, I would say, a legend from the off road community here in Canada. I think it's very fair to say that. Uh, this is a man who's got 20 plus years of racing experience in events like you may have heard of, just little ones like Red Bull Romaniacs. Got a top 10 overall. Uh, last man standing, uh, international six days enduro, the Yearsburg radio wrote radio <laughs> radio. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a great station. You should check it out. Um, Yearsburg yeah. rodeo, uh, AMA enduro cross recently. And I'm not sure how many times the world vet MX championships. Uh, he's the promoter and director of a pretty major event and events leading up to that. Uh, you may have heard of little things like Red Bull Roots and Logs, Red Bull Outliers. Uh, he's the owner of Rad 2.0, a race and athlete development business here in Alberta. He is a loving husband, I am reliably informed. A father of pretty, two pretty excellent kids, again, reliably informed. Uh, I, I vouch for those kids. They're awesome. And, you know, hey, it's Shane Cuthbertson. Hey. <laughs> What an introduction. Yeah. That's the longest introduction we've had. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sign of, yeah, like this guy is pretty awesome. And he's been very supportive of what I've been trying to do. So I'm really excited to have you on, Shane. Right on. Well, thank you. I mean, if you've been around as long as I have, you can <laughs> build the accolades and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, no, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm super stoked you guys are doing this. Uh, I think it's awesome for, um, for the sport, especially in Canada, it's real hard to, um, you know, kind of let people know what's happening here in Canada. Um, so I think that's fantastic. And then just highlighting what Canadians are doing internationally and, and that, yeah, we have like, you know, some wicked riders and some, some awesome enthusiasts, um, throughout the country. And, um, it's really cool that you guys are able to highlight that. So. Yeah, no, I think it's something we've enjoyed doing. You know, it's not always going to be Canadians. You know, we want to be talking about our, you know, North America and around the world. But hey, start where we're comfortable, right? And maybe where we know best. For sure. Yeah, like one of the things we always like to do is just maybe introduce yourself and, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, you, your business, you know, what we need to know about Shane Cuthbertson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, listening to the, the, the couple of podcasts you've done, this is always the awkward stage totally. where you have to, you have to kind of pump yourself up and, and talk about yourself and, 
Um, but yeah, for me, um, uh, started, I, I actually started out BMXing when I was younger and that kind of got the competitive spirit in me. Um, rose through the ranks pretty quickly doing all that. And then, uh, just completely burned out on it when I was like 12 years old. So, um, which is weird to burn out at 12 years old, but, uh, it happened. So, uh, took some time off that and decided I need to get back on two wheels again and asked the parents, Hey, I think I'd like to have a dirt bike. And, um, from that time, as soon as I slung a leg over a dirt bike, that's, uh, that's basically been it for me. You know, I've been uh, a massive enthusiast. Um, I can't really go a minute in my days without thinking about dirt biking and riding and all the good things that come about that. So, so yeah, um, you know, 35 years later, here we are. So it's been, it's been a good ride. Was it much of a negotiation with your parents to get that first dirt bike? No, it was really good. And I still remember it. It was, it's crazy. Like, um, talked him into getting me this bike, you know, we bought, my dad bought one, we went to pick it up and we had like this massive snowstorm in Calgary the day that we went to pick it up. And, um, I, I feel like it's like in the eighties, um, I'm not great, great with timelines, but yeah, the next day, like, you know, the, the house is covered in snow, nobody's going anywhere. It was like an apocalypse apocalyptic event and it, it made it real easy to remember my first dirt bike uh, buying experience and um, so yeah that was super it, it, and they've always been super supportive and and still you know I'm I'm 48 now my parents are still super supportive <laughs> believe it or not I don't know if it's embarrassing or not to say that but uh, yeah my mom loves coming to all the events and supporting myself and the kids and so yeah it's it's been it's been great um, it, it, you know, for me, it's just been, it's a way of life and, um, and, uh, yeah, just growing up camping and hanging out with family. And now I've passed that on to, to my family as well. And, and still having them involved, it's, uh, it's really a special, a special place. That's a, that's a common theme we've really heard about. And that's one of the things that's actually come up with a few people is, you know, those memories of family early on and like how this sport lends itself to that whole, like community experience and camping and you know road trips all the time and being together yeah yeah i think like i mean we all call it kind of the grassroots of the sport and and um you know you see it especially um i you know i'm an off-road guy so i would say like you know my i always really connect with that when i go to a motorcycle event and an off-road race and everybody's out camping and spending time with their friends and family and you see all the little ones riding and then the parents riding and racing. Um, but I even see it uh, at any event, like whether I'm at a motocross event or a trials event or anything like that, it's, it seems like it's something that really connects, connects everyone. And it kind of becomes this really cool close knit community because we can kind of all relate to the feelings and the experiences we had. So it's, 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 it's really fantastic in that respect. How's that in comparison for you guys, Jared and Courtney? I think, um, you know, as far as for myself, it was definitely growing up on the little farm and we had like little tiny dirt bikes that we just putzed around in and nothing wild or crazy, but the camping was definitely a huge 
huge thing for us did lots of camping and got into quads but it wasn't really until I was quite a bit older where I really started getting into dirt biking I mean by quite a bit older I guess like 18 yeah 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 for me for sure it's it's always been that as well I mean every single event I've ever raced growing up was was a trip you know we always made a trip out of it and um you know that's when you spend the most time with your family doing it and and the most time with my friends at that time so uh yeah definitely you can can relate that to, to the same experiences so how did it progress for you shane like moving from getting a dirt bike to hey maybe i want to race this sled it happened pretty fast actually like you know i at first it was just going out uh, with my dad and friends uh, just kind of trail riding. And then the competitive spirit came back in to, you know, that I had developed while I was, you know, from, you know, three, four years old riding BMX. And so eventually, you know, you just, you feel like you feel that need to challenge yourself and see where you stack up. And, um, I progressed through the ranks pretty quick. Uh, I would say, um, I turned pro when I was 17 and, um, yeah, I did, I did pretty well. Um, you know, I had a good ability, but I didn't have a whole lot of, um, uh, what would we say here? Let me see. I was 17. So girls came into the picture and partying and all that other stuff kind of came into the picture. So I didn't have, you know, there were some, some issues, um, that kept me probably from reaching my full potential, but, um, I loved it. Uh, I met all of my best friends that are still my best friends um, during that time period and had so many awesome experiences. Um, So yeah, that happened. And then throughout that time period um, ended up uh, having a relationship with my now wife, um, having kids. And so I kind of took a little bit of a different path than most people would and took some time off. Um, and actually kind of really ended up getting back into dirt biking in around that, uh, when I was 28. Um, Mm. and, um, once I did that, uh, once we had our first boy chase, I was quite out back in the day when I was, you know, looser, um, say, say that. You know, I was quite, I was quite overweight. I was smoking, I was drinking a lot and kind of enjoying my teenage years, uh, my, my, my intro into adulthood and responsibilities and stuff like that. And so maybe didn't handle that as well as I wish I would have at this point in time. But anyways, it it is what it is. But when Chase was born, I'm like, yeah, I got to get my, I got to get my shit together. Um, so I lost, you know, 50 pounds i quit smoking i got in really good shape and i went and i i try to i went i'm like yeah i think i i just want to go try it try another race and um so i went there and, and i ended up winning the pro class and i was like well that was weird because that never happened before and that was really easy so so yeah right from there the spark was kind of lit again and um um, raced like regionally in Alberta, um, for a couple of years and then met a, a good friend of mine, basically my best friend now is Lee Freiberger. And, uh, he's like, Hey dude, you like, you should do some, 
you've kind of conquered the local scene. You should do some international racing. And he talked me into doing six days. I know that's close to Jared and Courtney's heart. And I'm like, okay, okay, cool. So I went to my first six days in Slovakia in 2005. And, um, wow. Yeah. I just was like, Oh, I'm awesome. I'm going to kick ass. And then I, I wrote it and I'm like, I suck. I have a lot of work to do. I need to be better. And that just sparked that inner competitor in me just to be like, okay, I, I, I have work to do and I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to go after it. And so I did. And, um, I went back to six days in 2006 in New Zealand and, uh, did much better there. And then, um, yeah, kind of got on, you know, riding with some good support now and um, ended up dabbling my my feet in extreme hard enduro, which was super, super new at that time um, and did real fairly well at uh, competitions. Like, well, I never did good at Erzberg. It was I always had my number, but I did have two really successful outings at Red Bull Outliers. I did last man standing and ended up sixth there. And um, and then, yeah, I just kind of progressed from there and continue to kind of follow like wherever we get the most coverage was really what we were doing. The most coverage and the most support. And ended up going back to six days again in 2013 to finish off some unfinished business, which was always trying to get a gold medal was my, my goal. And I ended up doing that in 2013 um, was still racing a lot regionally and stuff like that. And then as my kids were growing, I just kind of, they started riding dirt bikes and I kind of just kept in it. Like I, I am super thankful that I did because a lot of, a lot of top racers kind of fall off at the top of, at the, at the end of their careers. And I just did it for fun to be with my kids and have the experiences like we're talking about camping and going to local races and stuff like that. So yeah, I just kept on riding and here we are. I'm still kind of doing the same thing, following my kids around. And if they're there, I'm going to go racing and I'm going to support them while they're racing. And I still do it myself and kind of do every discipline I can possibly do on two wheels. So, so yeah, it's been, it's been one heck of a ride for sure. That's amazing. And just for people who don't know with ISD, when you talk about a gold medal, you know, that means you're within 10% of the overall winner of the class. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Ten yeah. percent time. Yeah. Over... The first. Yeah, it's over a long time, so it's it's yeah. a really tricky thing to do, and um, yeah, that was something like you know I had got silver medals, which is, I think back then it was like you had to be within thirty percent of the leaders' uh, time, um, and that just did sit with me well. I'm like, no, I got to be within the top ten. You know, I got to be within that top 10%. And so that was my goal and, and, uh, ended up get that done and, and kind of put, put the check mark on that, uh, bucket list item. That's amazing. So 2013 was Jared's first, uh, ISDE. And if you, you know, I know you've been yeah. listening and you know, yeah. I know his story of like, yeah, I'd love to go race bikes in Italy and then Google what ISDE is. Do you have yeah. any memories of Mr. Stock at that ISDE? Yeah, I remember him. I remember I remember him there. Um, you know, just loose, fun, young. Um, 
kind of dumb because he didn't really know what he's getting into, you know? <laughs> um, Still dumb. And I was super stoked to beat him. That was the main thing that I remember, like this this hot motocross kid coming in to show the off-road guys how it's done. And, and um, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure I took, I took Jared down, I'm pretty sure. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I was stoked on that, but um, it was really cool that that event ignited Jared's um, passion for, for six days. And now he's like, you know, such a huge ambassador for that particular event in the sport. So it's, it's really rad to kind of see how that progresses. Shane probably regrets kicking my ass at that six days because he doesn't know from that day forth. I'm like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass from here on. (laughs) So I set my new goal and it didn't work out, but I I was going to ask. Yeah. So is that, is that happened yet? I don't know. We haven't really raced each other in a while. No, it's been a while. It's been a while. We should set up Uh, a little head to head thing. I'm in. We we did spend some time together at the corduroy enduro on the That's, same minute. That is true. We were in different classes, but but he was he was much faster than me, but he was still dumb and he was missing like you know course markings and turns and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So the at veteran the, the veteran experience that I have um, still kind of showed true there. I think. Do you remember in that one test that I somehow at the corduroy? You you started for you're the minute ahead of me I think right, and yeah. you started your minute, and then I started right after, or was the other way around? I can't remember, but I went in to make a pass, and I passed you, and then I somehow blew off the course and went and rode a whole different loop, and then yeah. I caught up, and I was like, wait a minute, I said I already passed Shane in this test once. What the hell's going on? <laughs> Yeah, I thought you cheated, but I just got lost. Yeah, man. Sometimes that experience pays off. I mean, you don't got to be the fastest guy to win. You got to be the most consistent and smart. I passed you twice in one test, and you still beat me by 35 (laughs) seconds. I feel like Shane is more likely to be a successful rally racer than you would, Jared. (laughs) I know where my footing lies. I'm not not, going to do that anytime soon. Oh man. So, you know, you're talking about your kids racing and they're both pretty good. You want to talk a little bit about, uh, about those guys? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that's why we're all, that's why I'm still in this whole thing. And, um, yeah, Chase is my oldest boy. He's, uh, 21 now. And, um, he's been racing since he was like four years old. Um, and yeah, he's, he's super passionate about it. And, uh, you know a fantastic rider obviously both my kids are like super they're they're really tall so anybody that kind of <laughs> sees us together is weird because they're towering over me um but uh yeah he's a super smooth rider very calculated uh just got a love for the sport and uh he's a fantastic kid and then my youngest boy Kale, he's 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 a little bit more aggressive than chase um, really likes moto. So he had a good shot, a good run at moto last year. We've been to Walton a couple times with him and, um, yeah, he's going to try his hand at pro motocross this year and see how he fares. So, 
Wow. Um, yeah, both both really good riders. And and the thing that I like about it most with with them is that uh, like I don't really get to hang out a whole lot with like my buddies, like my my friends that I made when I, while I was riding, who are all like super like really good top tier riders, even in their forties, fifties. Like they're unbelievable riders. Um, but. I don't get to spend that much time with them anymore because I, I'm like, well, I'm just going to go ride with my kids, you know, because we're all basically the exact same um, level and it's just so easy, you know? So, um, so yeah, I'm really trying to prolong that as much as I can because, uh, you know, I've got this fear of kind of losing them and losing touch with them a little bit. And the more time I get to spend with them and ride with them, it's, is better for me and makes me happy. And, and it's really, really sweet that, uh, we can go out and just kind of ride like, like buddies and here they are just my kids, you know, it's, 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 it's something that I'm, I'm super, um, thankful for. Well, I know uh, Kale does get a little pissed off at you sometimes racing at the uh, the spring and fall series here in Calgary at Wild Rose MX. And if you beat him, I, I know he doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he doesn't like it. He doesn't like <laughs> Com- it much. But... Competitive. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen uh, very much. Um, but if I have a good day, I mean, I can still I can still put it there. So I, I can yeah. still put it to him. So yeah. Those boys are are savages. Yeah. yeah. In the line of competition, uh, at the Alex Sprint Enduro, we had a uh, a fun race at the end of the day. And Shane, I don't think you made that one. No, I wasn't you, there. You were out sleeping in the woods somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we can talk about this sleeping in the woods story if you'd like. Sometime. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we uh, we were literally like Shane would rather go sleep in the woods with a bunch of dudes than come race our race. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, your, your kids were there, and uh, they were We had a fun relay race at the end of it, and they were on separate teams. But it just so happened to be at the end of this relay, like lap for lap, there each person was like the right speed to make these two like end up battling for a just for fun relay race. And we thought their banter was like this, hey, ho, ho, it's this we're having a good time. And Charlotte's like, uh no, like I'm actually very concerned right now because they were like going at it. And he's yeah. like, I'm gonna take you out. And I'm like, ah, good one. He's like, No, no, he, he will. Like, don't. <laughs> yeah. No, that that, that was... still comes up on a regular basis for sure. Uh, there's and there's there's still bantering back and forth. Um, but it's re- it's really cool. Like, you know, there's such awesome you know, they're, they're good people. They're good kids. Um, of course they have the brotherly competitive thing going on, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, yeah. I, I mean, I just, I really enjoy, even if they're bitching and complaining at each other back and forth, like it's, it's something special for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. And we'll be right back. Hey guys, Courtney here with SOR Enduro Racing. Get in on all the action at our SOR race events this season as we bring new opportunities for racers and businesses who are looking to expand in promoting their brands. Pit Row packages are front row and in the action with quick, easy access to the starting gates. Ensure that your business and your sponsored racers have the necessary, well-organized and professional setup where your brand will be in the eyes of all spectators and racers. Might you have your own personal, friends, 
or family race team, this can also be an opportunity for you. Limited spots are available, so contact us for more information and reserve your pit row spot today. And now, back to the show. You know, you've had these experiences racing, and then at what point did you start thinking like, hey, I'd like to put on a race? And, you know, what were you thinking like that was just something you could do to give back? Or was that something you had in mind to like, hey, maybe I can build a business around it? Um, originally it was just trying to kind of bring in our experiences that we had. Um, and when I say our, we used to have this team called the Cornergrass Racing Team. And it was, um, uh, you know, Lee Freiberger was kind of heading up and, and, um, a couple of other friends of mine that followed me all over the world. And we kind of traveled everywhere and anywhere. Um, and they were just basically my my support crews. And when we were going to these events, we we're like, oh my God, like this is incredible. Like, why don't we have anything like this in Canada? Like we we sh we need to bring it, you know. And and so that was really the genesis of it. Um we did a an event um in twenty ten and twenty eleven called Extinction at the same place that Red Bull Outliers is now. And it was a hard enduro and it was like the first of its kind sort of in, in Canada and one of the first ones in North America. And um, we were just kind of trying to bring that whole concept and the idea behind it and check out this really sweet riding spot that we had and that we knew was something special. Um, so that's how it kind of started out. And then like most organizers and people that are kind of volunteering, we burnt out real quick on that one because it takes a, a ton of effort to put in. Um, so yeah, that kind of went away. And then we, I just kind of went back to racing again and um, was doing some enduro cross in the States. And uh, I was like, man, I just, I need somewhere to like practice. Like enduro cross is such a specialized sport where, you, you know, we thought we used to think it was okay just to go, in the woods where we normally ride and hit a few rocks and logs and that that's good, you know, and really it wasn't because it was on a close course that was a minute long and your heart rate smacked at 200 the whole entire time. So I ended up talking uh, wild rose motocross into allowing me to build a track um, kind of in a lower desolate area of, of the park that was there at the time and, built the track and just started training there and having fun and people were riding it and had an awesome group of volunteers that came and helped me do all that. And, and then, yeah, Red Bull calls me up just out of the blue one day and says, Hey, like we were there for a KTM demo. We seen this like really sweet track that you built, you know, would you be interested in doing an event? And I'm like, yes. Um, there. And so that's where it started. Basically, it was just kind of luck of the draw for me. And seven years later, we had um, done yeah seven seven versions of what we used to call rocks and logs, uh, Red Bull rocks and logs at the at the Calgary track. And we had kind of like everybody from Cody Webb to Manny Lattenbickler to Colton Haker. Like we we brought them all in, and um, we had a fantastic run at it. So um, that kind of got me kind of working you know initially it was kind of volunteering and then all of a sudden i'm like oh crap like this is getting pretty big take a lot of my time and um eventually i decided hey i kind of need to build a company to support this effort that i'm putting in and um and then um red bull said hey like we're 
we're done with rocks and logs. Um, do you want to do another event with us? And I'm like, hell yeah. So they're like, well, we're thinking about of like a hard enduro event. And that's where kind of, we started working on Red Bull outliers and developed the concept and kind of worked through it and figured it out. And, and so, yeah, we, uh, ended up doing Red Bull, Red Bull outliers for a couple of years and then ended up getting into the world championship uh calendar and and uh yeah here we are just uh i'm like promoter extraordinaire i guess for one <laughs> event of the year <laughs> it takes a takes takes a lot of my time but i'm super passionate about it i love it and um it's it's kind of part of me you know so um yeah no it's been it's been quite 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 the adventure how did that start out? Was that Red Bull Canada you were working with at first and then it progressed like as you moved into Hard and Draw, it moved into Red Bull writ large? Yeah, it was uh, sort of just kind of their regional um, offices that got in touch, like the Alberta um, um, field teams. They're like, they do a lot of small events and they support it. And um, so you'll go to a lot of events, you'll see Red Bull arches and you'll see some product and, sure, and stuff yeah. like that. And that's their way of supporting it and just kind of getting their brand out there, but supporting, you know, events because like just the brand itself carries a ton of weight, you know, as soon as you hear Red Bull or monster or, or anything like that, you know, right away, it's pretty serious. So, so they like to do that, um, you know, on a smaller scale and they, they support a lot of events in the region and then. Um, so that was Red Bull Rocks and Logs and and it started to really catch the attention of Austria and the the upper management at Red Bull Canada. And so um when they wanted to go, you know, bigger and better, um a new events manager came into Canada, uh, was super passionate about hard enduro and had done some in South America and, and right from, right from that point in time, we headed off and, and we were, you know, that's the, the Red Bull outliers concept came along. And I mean, within, yeah, a couple of months, we had put the event together and executed the first version of it. And, um, and yeah, we just continue to grow and, and build on that. And they're super supportive of it. And that's coming from, that's, so that's kind of now the national program for for red bull they do you know four or five events a year and and yeah we're lucky enough to have red bull outliers on their docket so um so how did and then the transition to the event you know obviously it was a quality event and when did the discussion happen about moving it onto the fim calendar start um i think it was a uh, part of the business plan right from the get-go um, it was kind of to establish the event and have it on the calendar within three years. And, um, that's exactly what we did. Wow. Um, yeah, those were the goals. Um, the hard and Dural world championship was new. Um, when we start first started, um, bringing Red Bull outliers to Canada. And so, yeah, we just, we kind of went on plan. We, I had quite a few connections from my, um, from my previous life as, as competing in, in events. And so I knew, you know, a lot of the key players and, um, we were able to kind of put all the pieces together and make it happen. So, yeah, it was, it was like, you know, for me, it was like a dream come true. So there was a great moment in the Red Bull production from the 2023 outliers event 
with uh, Michael Wagner talking. And he said that when he first came in 2022, that they were driving out there. And for those who don't know, it's, you know, when you think about Alberta and you think about hard enduro, like you would think mountains, right? It's not. It's the Badlands. It's prairie with this big, you know, canyon in the ground. And it was a great, it was a great little thing from Michael Wachner saying like, yeah, he's like, I'm driving out here. And he's like, I don't understand. Like, how are we going to have a hard enduro out here? And then he yeah. drove down and then drove down into the valley and, you know, and all of a sudden he was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was really, um, you know, that was why we have Red Bull Outliers actually is because of the unique location. And a lot of people find it really hard to understand because, I mean, we're in Canada. We have like fantastic off-road riding in the mountains. Like we have more space and, you know, gnarly stuff that is like the core of hills rocks roots rivers ravines the thing that the 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 difference with that is that so does romania and so does serbia and so does um italy and so does anywhere everybody has those features right so when we were able to kind Tennessee. of bring this, yeah when we were able to bring this this unique landscape to the table they were just like, wow, like this, this looks like we're riding on Mars. Like this is insane. Like, um, so that's really what ended up kind of, you know, making it happen is that it's such a unique landscape. It's way different than anything you think of in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. but that was really the, the, the pinpoint where we were, you know, we were able to sell it to them going, Hey, like we have something unique here. Um, you know, it's something you had never seen before. It's super spectator friendly. Um, it's all closed course. It's private land, which is another issue we have in Canada is trying to get on public land and using that. We don't have to deal with any of that mess. So, so yeah, everything kind of just fell in place. And, and um, yeah, I think it uh, like when I, wa- when I look back at it and I kind of look at the highlights and I watch Red Bull TV, you know, I still, maybe I'm biased, but I think it's one of the, best covered hard enduro events that there is in the calendar um and it's just because of the unique aspects of the of the land that we're using for sure i mean when you say that it's uh you know spectator friendly i mean it really is like it's it's like a natural stadium and you know it's spread out so you've got a couple there's like two or three kind of stadium options for you to go to but there's the one main area and you can stand down there and have a great time all day and watch, you know, these incredible riders do their thing. And I don't, I think it's very different from a lot of the other major events where it's, you know, in the woods and it's great and it's beautiful and it's hard and all these great things, but you can't see it the same way as you can at Outliers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, for people that uh, have never been there in person and maybe watched on TV or heard about it, like, like literally the land plot that we're on is like two kilometers by two kilometers. Like it's, in, it's, it's really small. That would be 1.6 miles. Uh, for, I think, I think if my calculations are correct, I could be missing that, but I mean, it's not a big spot. Um, but I mean, we're weaving in and out of all these ravines and um, really trying to use the land to its, its best potential. And, and a lot of our, forethought in planning the the event is 
is so that we can get spectators and people to actually be able to see it because I, I, I've been to, you know, lots of hardened arrows. And if you go to Erzberg, for instance, you get to see one, maybe two elements in, in the whole time you're there. So, um, Romaniacs is the same way. And some of the other big events are the same way that are really spread out. And it's kind of a, it's, it's, you know, that's an adventure in itself trying to get to the, to the checkpoints. I know Jared and Courtney probably understand from six days, but yeah, it, like for the person that's not used to, you know, commuting and trying to figure out where the next place to watch is, we try to bring it to the point where it's like, Hey, like here's a map. These are the spots you should be in. We got a bus that'll take you there. You got to bring your hiking boots, do a little bit of walking, and you're going to see the most incredible stuff that you've ever seen in your whole entire life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just crazy. Like for me covering it last year, you know, it's funny, like, yeah, there's a bus and I did end up taking advantage of it a little bit, but holy, like it's a small area. And, but if you want, you can see so much of the race and that's what I was doing. I was chasing around. Like that was probably my biggest hiking day in years, Hmm. you know, coupled with like, you know, a backpack full of gear and, yeah. all that stuff it was it was awesome though like yeah just incredible i brought um, uh I, i've only actually ever been there one time to watch and i brought my e-bike now i was gonna like smart. laugh at everybody and e-bike around <laughs> and then you got flat tires no i didn't <laughs> oh but uh the guys at ktm were chasing tristan around got flat tires on their e-bikes so I was so nice and I gave up my e-bike for Matt to ride around. So I watched from the closest spot because I was <laughs> on my way to the airport actually to go to six days. So yeah. I just popped in to say hello and rented out my bicycle. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cactus out there. Yeah. It's a gnarly, it's a gnarly, it's a gnarly area for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and snakes, man. Like I, uh, on the track walk day on the Thursday, race was Sunday. I was out and hiking around with some of the big names and it was amazing, but I went off on my own and I was standing at the, uh, on the backside of, of the final climb, just kind of looking for some angles and things like that. And I heard a noise behind me in the rocks. I was like, in my mind, I was like rattlesnake. And I started running downhill. And as soon as I started (laughs) running, I was like, this is a terrible idea. It's so slippery there. And yeah, you know, I, like I just I, I couldn't stop and smash the lens, and I was like, "Oh my god!" We have oh, many no. rattlesnakes that live here in Medicine Hat, like on the track, and have almost ran over them a few times. I thought right. you were gonna say you did see a snake out there, and I thought maybe you mistake that for Phil running around with his pants off. <laughs> <laughs> true story, though. It's true story, though, right, Jared? I mean, <laughs> it's not impossible. <laughs> fantastic yeah. i like that we got a phil shot in today i mean honestly phil's gonna be famous from this podcast all the I... drops you guys have had and <laughs> so vulnerable. every defend himself yeah yeah oh severe entertainment uh <laughs> yeah. amazing um and then from that you kind of i mean in working with the uh with the fim hard enduro championship um you know, you went to, you were saying you went to Expania last year and you've gone over and kind of consulted, I guess. And I'm not, maybe talk a little bit about that experience as a promoter. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, it's always nice to see something different. Um, 
and and work with a different organization. And um, when we actually awarded uh, Red Bull Outliers, we myself and Red Bull went over and and uh, just watched Expania. It was the next one kind of on the calendar, and we're like, yeah, cool, let's go. Um, so we went over and watched it uh, in uh, I don't know if it was maybe uh, twenty twenty one. And then, yeah, just through working with the team, um, the Hard Enduro guys, they invited me to come do some track layout and, and inspection work last year. So went over and worked with that team. And, yeah, it was a fantastic experience. Like, it's always good to see how other people do it and kind of learn and grow and and and, um, and, and meet, you know, other promoters and kind of get a sense of, like, hey, like, what works for you, what doesn't work for you. And, and we're just trying to, you know, that's, that's basically just trying to get, be better, uh, bring more to the, to the riders, bring more to the spectators. And, um, so yeah, I, I was really thankful for that opportunity. So Jared, you'd probably say that he was over there baseline an event. Exactly. No, uh, benchmarking. 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 Sorry. That's yeah. your word. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And then, you know, over the years too, you've put together this company, Rad 2.0. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. No, um, it's kind of my, um, you know, I'd been searching for a long time to try to figure out, um, you know, how to kind of share my passion with other people and, and how to have it involved with my passion, which is motorcycles and dirt biking. And yeah, I, 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 I never could quite piece it together until you know the red bull red bull events came came around and then i had had the opportunity to do a little bit of coaching with chris birch who's a friend of mine that i i knew from racing you know hardened arrows um in the past and um so yeah kind of put it together kind of try not to put one all all my eggs in one basket so i ended up you know um rad 2.0 stands for uh, race which is all the events that i do uh, and athlete development. So, um, ended up kind of doing a lot of coaching and, and, and working, you know, trying to figure out how, how best that all worked. And, um, so yeah, now four or five years into it, uh, have a fairly successful coaching business. Um, you know, the focus is on, you know, pretty much anybody and everybody, um, you know, I coach kids from four years old to, you know, adults that are 65 years old and, um, all different facets. And, um, so yeah, that's, that's been a great thing. And I've been able to share that with my kids as well. They helped me out doing that. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, something I kind of went all in on last year, especially with Red Bull Outliers. It takes quite a bit of my time and then all in kind of on the coaching aspect of it. And so, yeah, things are, things are trucking along and doing, uh, doing really well. And, on occasion, we bring in uh, you know other other high end coaches like when you're you're the, yeah, he's sitting there. You can't see him on video, obviously. The people are listening, but Mr. Jared Stock, he's uh, he's been helping me out, and so yeah, no, it's been yeah, I'm super stoked on it. I'm in a way for me, it's just a nice way to give back to the community that's given me so much, and um, yeah, I really love the coaching aspect of it. Just watching people and teaching them little things like I never, I'll never forget, you know, like I'm sure Jared has the same experiences. You, you would teach somebody that's been riding for 
forever a high level athlete and you know you just kind of talking shooting shit with them and they're like man what i never thought about it that way or i I never even thought about setting my bike up that way and there's just so much um knowledge and it and every different person it comes to across differently so jared could say one thing to you know hey like you need to do this when you're cornering i could say another thing and, and it would totally resonate differently so that's you know that's what i really enjoy is just seeing those aha moments and you know that like as soon as i see that aha moment it's it's totally worthwhile um and and very gratifying my my partner jody says she's got to tell me something 10 different ways for me to have that aha moment yeah she's she's not wrong yeah totally i mean and that's that's part of the challenge you know um right so um, and, and, and you find that in coaching, not everybody's the same and you just can't have the same dialogue. It's, you have to learn to, and adapt. And that's part of the challenge of it. And, you know, I think as com- competitors, we're always up for a challenge to try to figure out what the right fit is for that particular individual. So, yeah. And I, I love can, that whole, I can that- vouch for that. Sorry, before we move topic, cause I remember having coaching from you, Shane and, just the techniques and the different approach you took to your coaching was like, you were able to just almost bring out uh, a whole different rider and just teach me techniques that I wouldn't have even thought about or, you know, being able to apply them and how we were able to communicate through headset. I thought that that was game changing. You know, it's one thing to take videos of someone in in a dress and see where to change body positioning, but it's like you were able to communicate that through on the trail while we were riding and I could make those changes instantly. And then just applying it that way was, was so awesome. And I would say to all my friends, I'm like, if you haven't had Shane as a coach, you're missing out because it was some of the best coaching I ever had. And not to say that Jared isn't a great coach. Cause obviously you guys have very similar coaching styles. And um, so uh, yeah, I was, very thankful for that and and you know be, going to a couple of your sessions and it just makes us so excited to be able to have you on board the SOR season uh you know taking charge of the youth development program because they're definitely going to get a lot out of out of your your coaching yeah well, wh- no what wh- why don't you guys talk a little bit, bit about that and i know that's something that you know we want to keep coming back to on this show is you know athlete development and developing you know bringing up the the kids and the next generation. So why don't you guys talk a little bit about the partnership with uh, SOR Enduro Racing and Rad 2.0? Yeah, for sure. I mean, from my side, um, um, you know, I really liked, uh, I, even though I didn't get to get to many events, my kids were off the charts um, as far as competing in the SOR series last year. Um, a lot of my close friends are the same way. And um, so I went to... I think I only got to one event last year just due to other conflicts, but you know, I really believe in it. I know. Right. <laughs> but, but then again, Jared, I mean, you didn't, I didn't want to take the championship away. You know? Yeah. I just, <laughs> I was playing possum. That's right. Sorry. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was going to beat me last year. Cause I needed to make sure I took home the, the pro payout for the pro class. We couldn't afford to pay anybody else. So yeah, no, I mean, I mean, just kidding. <laughs> no, Jared is, Jared is a, definitely a few levels above my, my abilities. Um, 
and, and rightfully the champion of the of the series last year for sure. Um, but yeah, I kind of just seen um, you know what they were doing. Um, I was super excited to try to get you know the sport of the the racing in Alberta because I've been to a lot of events uh, internationally in the U.S. And just seeing like small things that could be changed, and and you know, with talking with uh, Jared and Courtney, and they were they were all over it because they've seen the same things. And um, so for me, I was you know without Red Bull outliers happening this year, which is you know a little bit of a bummer. I know everybody's super bummed about it, but um, um, you know, I'm like, okay, well, I have some time now on my hands, and I can I can put you know my expertise and my support um, and help them out you know, build, build the series. And so that was really, that's really where it came from. And then the coaching aspect obviously is, is part of my business and, 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 and I guess more importantly, just my passion. Um, so yeah, we were able to team up and, um, providing a lot of back end support, um, to, to, to the series and, and, um, you know, we want to grow the kids segment, um, which I think is, you know, basically the, the beginnings of everything. Right. And something I'm very passionate about. I know Jared and Courtney are as well. And we're like, cool, like, you know, like let's, let's focus more on this. And so, yeah, no, I'll be um, helping them out with all the kids races this year. And we'll be putting on uh, some riding sessions on the Fridays before the events. So while everybody's there and yeah, really just trying to, to, to up the ante a little bit as far as racing in Alberta goes. Yeah, we're super excited. I know we have, you know, lots of friends and are excited to get their children more involved and have that one-on-one and preparation for the racing as well because it can be intimidating too. So the kids are excited to have that that coaching ahead of time, you know, getting them prepped for race day. Yeah, it works really good in this in the sprint enduro format as well. I mean, even the even the cross country format it works okay, but it's it's really cool for people to be able to come before the event to kind of get a preview of what they're going to be up against. Yeah. And especially with young kids, like a lot of them are intimidated. They're not real sure about it. And if you give them the opportunity to go out and, and give it a little bit of a tryout, here's what the track looks like. This is how it's going to kind of be, you know, it takes a lot of that, um, that anxiety down um, beforehand and, and brings the fun back into it. Like, yeah, okay. Now I'm excited. I'm not scared anymore. I'm excited to go do this and let's get at it and, and teach them a few skills. is going to make it uh, even that much more fun. So yeah, I think it's a win-win all around. That's one of the cool things about the sprint format is that you can, maybe it helps take the pressure off the young riders because they're not racing. You know, of course you're racing other people, but you're not racing them on the track. You're racing the clock. Yeah. 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 No, it can be intimidating. I mean, if you, if you go to a motocross race, like you watch a gate drop, like it's intense, you know, and oh, I can yeah. see, I know I've coached quite a few kids, um, from all different sides of it, off-road motocross. But when you're lined up against that many kids, there's a lot of noise going on. So much excitement, tension, parents everywhere, you know, like it's intimidating hundred percent for sure. So taking that out of the equation, I think just makes it a, a better experience to start off with. And then the kids can decide, yeah, you know what? Like I do want to go after it. I want to get on a gate with, you know, 30 other kids, you know, that doesn't bother me or, or, or there's a lot of kids that are just like, man, like even I teach a lot on electric bikes and 
and that calms people calms kids down quite a bit as well mm -hmm. and then they get on gas bikes and they're petrified again you know so it's uh everybody all every kid's different and and you know i think you know being able to do the sprint format it takes away a lot of that intimidation and kids can come out on electric bikes or gas bikes or whatever it is whatever it makes it work for them and and that's what we need to really you know, continue to focus on is just getting the kids on the bikes, have fun. Like it's, it's such a wicked sport. It, it you know, I can't, I, we could talk another hour about what, you know, what you learn and what it brings to you as a person. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's great that Jared and Courtney have this platform now that we can do this and really start to bring up some young kids and, and let them have fun at it. Agreed. Just hundred percent. I just want to quickly touch on too, before we move on to uh, a little bit more in terms of like, you know, athlete and race development. Uh, tell me a little bit about, or tell us a little bit about your relationship with Gas Gas Canada, because I know it's strong and it's a big part of what you're doing. Yeah, it's, um, I'm super stoked to actually have had the opportunity and um, where it began was I used to, uh, when I was competing, I was riding KTMs and um, it's real hard to make a mark when you're racing a, a large, for a large manufacturer you know, cause we're in Canada, we're racing locally. It's, it's tough. Um, a brand called Husaberg was kind of coming into the picture and KTM had purchased them. Um, uh, they're a Swedish company. And, um, so I ended up, you know, riding for them through, through leaf driver has like deep, 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 deep roots in, in the Husaberg world. Um, anyways, they ended up when KTM bought them, they ended up, developing a, a brand new bike and and so that was my first um foray with Husaberg was on this new bike and it was very ktm-ish but it had like this crazy 70 degree engine on it and some really unique design attributes to it and what what i found was that like i could actually make an impact riding that and showcasing it through um Back then, it wasn't even social media. We were still doing like press releases, and you know, you'd kind of get it on the interweb in in a week or two time or whatever. But that's why we did all these really large international events because we could really make a mark and showcase, you know, our our sponsors and the brands that we're using. And um, so, having gone through that process, all of a sudden we sold, you know, through the dealership that I was riding with, A and E uh, Motorsports and Brooks they sold like 120, 150 of these units and they were like the biggest, you know, um, dealer in North America and almost the world. And, and, you know, I, I, I like to attribute that we were able to kind of spur that on a little bit. Obviously it wasn't all us, but we were able to make a mark. And so that, that was something I was, you know, always had in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, we could really like, we could sway the needle, um, with what we were doing and, and so when Gas Gas, um, which per was purchased by by KTM, I'm like, all right, this is my chance again to kind of do this all over again. And um, so that that was where that relationship started. I felt like I could really make uh, make a difference in the company because I I'm not really one to take support and help if I if I can't really you know move the needle and influence people and um, um, support the people that are supporting me. So. So yeah, started working with Gas Gas and their fantastic relationship, and and we still have like super open communications. Um, they were able to help me 
uh, build what's called the Rad Academy, which is a totally electric um, platform for teaching kids how to learn to ride. Um, so um, that was fantastic. And we continue just to build different programs. I do a lot of ambassador stuff with them. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really fantastic because you, you, it's kind of a give take relationship where it's like, Hey, I, you know, I can do this for you. I can, I can be in, I can help you out like the demo rides instead of just having to, you know, gas, gas, provide all the staff. They're able to bring their ambassadors in. And I'm one of those people that's lucky enough to get to go to those events. And, and I can, I can speak to the brand. I know exactly what it's all about. And, um, so yeah, it's a really cool way for me to be able to give back to the people that are, that are supporting me. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I think, you know, you, I hadn't ever really realized your relationship with Hustorgan. You know, it's funny in Alberta that you were saying that, that, you know, kind of took off here a little bit and you still see a bunch of those. You can find them on Kijiji and stuff like that. Like, you know, these old bikes and, you know, where are these coming from? Yeah, I know. They're they're classic bikes. Yeah, I mean, they're awesome. I mean, I loved it uh, when that bike came out. It was a really awesome bike. You know, I fell in love with it and rode them for years. Um, It's funny, actually, Lee um, just bought one of the one one of these things like you know they were kind of circa like i think they kind of ktm stopped making husabergs when they bought husqvarna which was sort of like 2013 2014 and anyways he sold his brand new husqvarna which is like a 2021 2022 motorcycle which is you know i mean they motorcycles have come away in 10 12 years you know he sold his bike because he had an opportunity to buy an old Hoosberg. And then he's riding around this thing like, dude, like it was an awesome bike back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a dinosaur relic now, you know, and he just loves it. You know, he just loves the Swedish heritage. You know, it still works. Okay. It gets him by and he's happy on it. So yeah, it's pretty cool. You could say he's an outlier. Yeah, totally. He's an outlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he, he called me. I, I don't remember exactly when he bought that bike, but I remember when he called and he was, he was looking to see if we had any parts. He's like, yeah, it's for this. And what's the model? Is it, uh, what are they back? Who's the FX? FX 450. Yeah. So yeah. he's like, yeah, it's an FX 450. And so I, I look it up and I grab the part numbers for a Husqvarna FX 450. Cause I'm like, Oh, cool. New bike. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get these parts in. And he's like, Oh, just, you know, just, you know, it's, it's a Hoosberg. I was like, pardon me. You, it's a, it's you, a you sold you sold your <laughs> new bike to buy an old bike. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, can't help you. <laughs> I was I just was just when you're talking about coaching, I was like thinking about what what the, what the weirdest wildest moments you you kind of run into coaching somebody like if if you've, somebody's tree ended up or somebody's bike ended up ten feet in a tree what's any weird things happen like that when you're out doing some coaching? Yeah. I mean, luckily enough, I haven't had that many of those experiences. Um, I I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of like what a rider can do and what a rider can't. Um, but yeah, I did have an experience last spring. It was pretty gnarly. Um, and it happened on several occasions. <laughs> 
actually it was kind of a multiple day thing and um it blew me away you know i um yeah i had a guy that came out his bike wasn't running very well so i'm like all right cool man how about you just take my bike and i had a spare bike and you can try this and he was used to riding a four stroke and and um my bike was a two stroke 300 and you know it's a brand new 2023 gas gas ec 300 like super easy to ride um super easy to get along with but you know if you kind of get on the throttle she starts to pick up and go pretty good and um he wasn't quite used to that because he was on a like a you know a, a tamer four stroke and and um, so anyways we were working on doing some hills and stuff like that and just out of the side of my out of my peripheral i seen a bike flying through the air and a guy flying through the air and I was like, oh, shoot, this is not good. Like, so I run over there, you know, and I think his helmet like blew off. And, oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the bike was like twisted. You know, the the clutch master was broken right off. He smoked a tree like really, really hard. And of course, like I don't care about the bike. I just cared about him and he ended up getting, getting up and he was okay, but – I was like, man, like just like how how quick they can, things can happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, coaching you have to be on your toes all the time, and um, yeah, really, you know, I learn as these things happen. You know, you kind of look to, you, you know, there's little giveaways here and there, and you don't really get that if you just don't have experiences like that. It's the same as racing, right? You know, like. Um, you know, if you crash over jumps, you can kind of evaluate and understand like why that happened. So, so yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's always, there's always, uh, there's always the progression in learning for sure. Um, even as a student and a coach, you know, so, yeah. so I would say that was probably one of my hairiest, hairiest times I've had so far coaching. Sounds exciting. Yeah. What, you, uh... might, you, you must have something in mind then if you're asking me. No. No, that was just curiosity. I was actually really trying to think of something that I've come across, but uh, the only thing that like instantly comes to mind, like the, those moments that are like, holy crap, is uh, I used to, when I used to work for KTM, I was doing all those demo rides, but there were street demo rides, which was mildly more terrifying than dirt. Now, I wasn't by no means training or coaching people, but I just remember seeing people like riding street bikes that maybe perhaps they had limited experience trying to do so. And, uh, we were like just outside of downtown Calgary and, you know, the light turns green and every, you know, I'm leading the charge. Actually, I was following the charge this time. And this, this gal pulls a full 12 o'clock wheelie by accident <laughs> on a street bike all the way through the intersection in down in Calgary. And she pulled it off. She somehow survived, but I was shitting bricks at that moment. <laughs> yeah. But, but is that, for, how you as met, as is that when you met Courtney? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was <laughs> Courtney, <me>. nice wheelie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, yeah, I can't think of any crazy. Uh, I mean, I'm sure a ton of stuff has happened, but, um, but nothing comes to my head at the moment. But I was just curious because <laughs> you've been doing so much training on, of all aspects, you know, new new riders and stuff like that, too. So um do you do you at all remember the first time we ever rode together 
out when I first transitioned from motocross, I believe you and Paul were going riding and Paul invited me. I'm trying to remember when that was or where we went. It would have been in like 2012 or 13. Yeah. 13. But I'm trying to think of the ride we did. If it was, cause I just know when I first started off road with you guys and it's like, there's some pretty crazy stuff out in Alberta woods. And I remember asking Paul and I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this stuff. Like you guys are wild. Like what if I can't make it? How do I get home? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, we've never not been able to make it. So you have no choice. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. There's uh yeah. I mean, that's a whole nother episode of, uh, you know, and I'm sure everybody has these stories of just like the adversity you have to go through when you're on those rides. And, and, um, but mo you know, what I always find from it is it, it always teaches you something and it, you know, it's, it's something you can share with your buddies forever. Like you'll never forget that kind of stuff, you know? And so. All I remember is whatever ride it was, I did it again afterwards and I got a flat tire. And that's when I realized that if you get a flat tire on an 18 inch wheel, it's a long ways home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah. I, but I learned a lot, you know, I learned a lot of, of stuff from that, from, from you guys coming through and that was cool. I, I remember being like the slowest turd when I first started riding with you guys in the woods. And like <laughs> when I could start seeing the dust settle before I got <laughs> through that section, I was like, all right, here we go. I'm coming. And, uh, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really good. So I really appreciated the way you guys, uh, took me under your wings when I, when I first came into off-road cause I was, uh, I would have been a lost lonely boy without, without the guidance of you guys and that attitude of, well, you know, even though it's like hardcore, it's like, you got to make it. And so, and then like the skill sets that you teach, like the crossover and stuff like that, it literally shaped everything i do now like for how how i learned from you guys and how i had to like manipulate my mind from my motocross skills to my off-road skills is kind of how i built my own um like understanding and platform for all the coaching that i've done in the last 10 years so you should have made me sign a royalty check back then oh no i mean i mean it goes both ways because um you know i i watched you motocrossing and you know I'm like, man, how does he do that? You know, and I'm I'm the kind of person that just needs to analyze it. So, you know, I'll take videos or I'll watch Instagram and my kids do it as well. And I mean, you know, I've told you this before. You're always something I really looked up to as far as your skill level on a motocross bike. And I'm like, man, if, if we could just be like Jared and do what he does, we'd be really good motocrossers, you know? So it goes both ways, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Are we just weird or, or yeah. I don't know. It's, it's just, I think it's just a passion that comes through. You just need to be, you need to be your best and you do whatever it takes to be the best. And you can kind of latch on to somebody and see somebody that's doing something different. And you're like, Oh man, like I need to figure that out. You know? Like, yeah, that's, for sure. Yeah. It's actually really funny that like, you know, if you think, if you think of like a typical, like uh, movie or TV show relationship where the, the guy's sitting on his phone and the girl's like, yo, like, get off your phone and pay attention to me like that often will happen with us 
in both directions. And I'm like, no, hold on. Like, I just need to watch Garcia do this corner. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. I get it. And like yeah. 30 minutes later, like, what are you doing? I'm like watching the exact same video in slow motion over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, Noel, I don't know. Maybe your listeners are like, oh, these guys are boring. It's talking about <laughs> like analyzing each other's riding skills and watching YouTubes over and over. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe, is- maybe, maybe your audience is going, oh, yeah, I do the same thing. Or maybe they're like, what a bunch of doofuses. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But that's, but that's how progression starts and how progression happens. Right. Yeah. And it is about progression. Yeah. You know, one thing you never, you never prepared me for Shane as a, as a learning, when I learned from you, the the specialty tricks in the off-road was what substance or leaves in the wood, in the woods are best for getting gasoline off your junk. (laughs) And that may sound random, but when Shane and I were at the corduroy, he probably noticed at some point that I disappeared when we were riding together through this Jeep trail because my dry brake had come apart and put about 10 liters of fuel on my junk. And I don't know if you've ever felt a burn before like that, but I was like dry humping the leaves. like trying. To get... I cut my underwear off. Are you saying that Shane helped you with something to no not make it burn no shane was leading our trail ride and i i disappeared in the woods because i was having a burning fit in the doing if he would have been behind me he would have saw me running around the woods with my pants on my ankles dancing and i emptied my camel back and i don't know this is a sidebar huge but i'm sure what, what was the cure well i sounds weird but i my my camel back i couldn't get enough water flow so i had to like fill my mouth with my water and then empty it onto my junk from my mouth so i was like spitting on myself essentially for about two liters that sounds weird i i think we just found the highlight like one of the audio highlights for the show oh yeah, yeah. I, I, heard that, I heard that milk works well so maybe i have a carrying a, another bladder of milk in your camelback oh or, see I mean, if you wanted to, I would have tried to pee on you to see if it would have neutralized it or something. It. Well, you left me out I there. Burn. I heard well, that this, peeing this, on this... people works on certain certain things. For, for like infection or cuts, but not burns. And I know that because I, one time I accidentally, long story short, but bear sprayed myself. And the only thing that would take the burn off my face was yogurt. So. Oh. Uh. What? Yogurt? Yo- well, like, um, yogurt was all I had, and, or milk, right? Oh, uh, milk okay. base, yeah. This really took yeah. an unexpected turn, but I, but I love yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't really... <laughs> some of the memories, I couldn't really... Didn't know how to bring it up, but I figured I should probably learn for the next time that happens. For sure. Oh, man. But um, I did, I did, yeah. Get us back on track. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Somebody get me <laughs> back. Don't even, I don't even know how, but this is fantastic. Uh, you know, Jared, Jared brought up as we were chatting before the show that, you know, he wanted to get your take and, you know, maybe have a quick discussion about, you know, what's your take on race management and, you know, growing the sport and professionalizing, you know, is that, is that kind of paraphrasing Jared, what you wanted? 
Yeah, no, it that for sure. I think Shane has, you know, a lot of good insight on that. And, and you know, maybe what he sees for the future, what Shane, what you see for the future in racing in Canada, what, what we can take to it, kind of where the direction of the market share with off-road bikes is going you know, um, you know, national series, stuff like that is, you know, what do you think is possible and you know, what, where, where, what direction are we headed? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm torn because, um, I mean, I've been in it for a long time and I've seen a lot of different things tried and and it never, nothing really seems to stick, you know? So Mm. it's, it's just a, you know, I wish we could have something where you have your local series, you know, your clubs and stuff like that to do events. And then you have a provincial series and that provincial series leads to a national series. And then you take that national, those top national riders and you take them to an international series. Like that's the way that sport works, you know, and it's proven over and over again by stick and ball sports and even BMX. And, um, and that's how a lot of nations do it. Um, you know, if you, even if you look at the U.S., they kind of, I mean, it's, again, we're, even the U.S. is, is, is disjointed because it's, I mean, the, the, the expanse of the, the land that we have to use is like, you know, our worst enemy because how do you travel, you know, from east to west, west to east and, and mm-hmm. kind of meet in the middle and stuff like that. So it's a, it's a really difficult thing to do. Um but um yeah for me i think that's something that would be you know the best i i in 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 alberta you know trying to maximize the potential of the participants that we have would be you know you know something that i'm always want to kind of bring to the forefront and you know trying to have everybody that's interested in racing racing together yeah um and in western canada in in western canada doing the same thing um and then you know maybe having the eastern canada do the same thing and then kind of bringing it meeting in the middle somewhere to kind of have a national championship or something like that i think those are you know things that would be awesome and i think once we have a and i'm hoping that we have a federation that'll eventually enable some of that for us um not having that federation is kind of a you know a sticking point because we have all kinds of people that and and organizations just like you guys right you can go out and you can get insurance you can sanction your own series it's no big deal it's yeah you, you, you can do it and and there's more and more of them popping up and um but you know if we want to bring the sport to a higher level we got to be looking at a national championship and then being able to send those riders that are excelling to international events and showing what canada has you know so um so yeah it's a ways away but um i think things are in motion that may be looking like you know sometime in the near future hopefully it'll kind of come back around to that and um that's that's my hope anyways but um but yeah i mean i think what you guys are doing is awesome like you know um trying to bring a little bit of professionalism to to the events getting people super stoked about it getting those kids out there watching the pros do what they do and showcase what they can do and um making it a fun family type atmosphere at the same time and you know providing like really 
coolness that just people come out and race and, and do what they love. Like, I think that's, you know, the more we can grow and have something that's super well organized and, um, yeah, yeah. Just something that you would look forward to going to every weekend. And for a parent, it's not like, Oh my God, I gotta go do this. It is going to take me all day or all week weekend to do it. And, um, I don't know what the heck happened at that event because, well, we just don't know nothing and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of ways that we can, we can improve what we're doing locally and, and hopefully kind of continue to build what you guys are doing and kind of take it, you know, even maybe, you know, within Western Canada and eventually, you know, Eastern Canada or share, share that um, passion that you guys have with, you know, some of the Eastern series and eventually bring something back that, you know, bonds every, all of Canada together as the national series. I think that would be, that would be really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like have a sort of, you know, maybe not exactly the same, but, a you know, to paraphrase from Jared, a benchmark kind of format for how we race, you know, in the enduro cross country world national. Yeah. Yeah, no, th- those are really, really, really good ideas, and uh, I think that's that's I, that's I actually took quite a bit from that. So thanks for that. That's that's awesome. I appreciate that for sure. Well, I know we're running up against the end of time, but the one thing I want to hear is, you know, you've been you've traveled internationally, you've raced internationally, and what's the weirdest Euro story you have? Ooh, top mm. the days. Yeah. Um... There's so many. I mean, there's things must a lot get of weird, weird stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm really I mean, to um, yeah, actually, it. you're right. You, you, you like my 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 time in Romania. So I went there two years, two years back to back, and I've seen a lot of interesting stuff. And I actually, you know, what I actually think about it is, you know, those were I love six days, and I had I've had great adventures there, but the the two times that is Romania, like it made me like learn a lot about myself because I was basically torturing myself to an extent where I didn't think I could actually like function anymore. And, and just being able to like work past that, you do the same thing at six days, you torture yourself really you do. And um, mentally and physically, and you learn all kinds of things about what you can actually do. And, and, you know, I've taken a lot of those learnings, going forward and that's how you know i kind of live my life now is is knowing that hey like there's nothing that'll stop me in my tracks i can i can kind of conquer everything um but in romania the very first time we got there uh, we were driving in we ended up getting husaberg support through the husaberg husaberg importer who is an english guy and um, we had spent some time super awesome guy and we're just kind of pulling into the paddock and we're like literally going like 10 kilometers an hour. And um, this young kid ran in between a couple of cars and, and the, the, the Hoosberg importer guy actually hit this poor kid. Um, and yeah, it was, it was horrible. Like ran right over the poor, poor guy. The kid survived and everything was okay. But that was just like all of a sudden I opened it in another country. And then all of a sudden, shit went sideways there was police there was people taking our passports there was like we were getting interrogated like it was it was insane and um yeah i'll, I'll never forget that 
that time. Um, on that same trip, actually, I ended up dislocating my finger in the, in the prologue. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so doctors are trying to put it in. They couldn't put it in on site. So this leads me to my next story is I had to go to Romanian hospital, which was interesting and scary all at the same time. And they, it was like super dark and kind of like desolate in this hospital. And anyways, they ended up doing what they needed to do. They gave me some medication or whatever to relax and pop my finger back in. But yeah, the, you know, just stories like that, like you just don't forget them because it's just so not normal here. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I would say that's kind of a, a tidbit, the tip of the iceberg from some of the stories that I would have. <laughs> well, you know, maybe we're going to have to get together again and get a few more of those stories out of you. For sure. Shane, this was awesome. I was really looking forward to having you on here. You know, I just respect the hell out of you and really appreciate, you know, the things you do for the sport your history in the sport and you know, your passion for everything. And that's a word that keeps coming up across all these episodes is passion. And you know, you're one of those guys. So thank you. No, that's awesome. I, I appreciate being on and, and, um, and, and again, right back at you guys for being able to start a podcast and kind of highlighting, you know, um, you know, such an awesome sport in the scene and, and bring in some people that uh, may not know that much about it or people that are super passionate about it and kind of want to follow along on, on, um, you know, all the awesome guests that you guys are bringing on. So, so good on you guys. Thanks, yeah, man. Thank, thank you, Shane. We appreciate it. And, you know, Jared and I learned some, some new things about you as well. And we're very excited for the season to, to commence with us all. Heck yeah. Let's get rid of this snow and we'll be uh, on the dirt in no time flat. Yes. Yeah. Right on Shane Cuthbertson, ladies and gentlemen. And Oh, just, so where, uh, where can people follow you and rad 2.0 and all your exploits? Uh, yeah, basically, uh, Instagram, Facebook, rad 2.0. Um, my own personal handle is Shane Cuthbertson, but I really suck at that updating that. And luckily I have a couple of youngsters under my wing that are my protégés. So they do most of my social media, which is way more up to date on the rad 2.0 stuff. Um, and then we also have a website, uh, rad 2.0 or rad 20.ca as well. If you're looking for any information on the events or coaching that we do. Awesome. Well, thanks again. And really appreciate your time. Right on. Thanks guys. Thanks. Shane. Thank you.